Hello and welcome to the Round Review brought to you by Footy Live and Simmons Homes. Every day across Australia, it's tools up for Team Simmons because their people stand by their promise to start building your new home on time and on budget. So if you're ready to join the hundreds of Australians, they're welcoming home each month. Talk to Simmons, the great Australian builder. Before I talk to Simmons, I'm going to speak to my trusty co-host. It's Gordon Meredith and Nick Lillimino. Boys, we're finally back. It's been a long, long time. Good feels good. Faces. Feels good to be back, mate. You know the Look old trio together again. Well. The Hawks are up and about. Get in, mate. Twenty-two and zero. It's coming. I have not I... seen that smile for a long, long time, Nicholas. <laughs> no, I'm just happy footy season's back. In yeah. all honesty, to be honest, it's it was good to be back at the G. It was, and, you know, in the sun, enjoying some, uh, enjoying a win. Yeah, yeah it's good. Gordo? You're looking great too. You've yeah. been out in the sun during the week. We have. Weekend. I spent a lot, a lot of time in the sun, not much time at the footy, but a lot of time watching the footy. That's the joys of modern technology. I was going to yes. ask you, did, why didn't you go to the footy then? Was it Were you part of the thousands who decided not to go because the lines were too long and um, you were too comfortable watching footy back at home Over. and you didn't want to leave the house? What was uh, the reason you didn't go? reason I didn't go is because we released, uh, you know, 18 preview Palooza pods and yeah, uh, they sure. all had to be released at a certain time. So I had to work all weekend. It's <laughs> the actual reason why I didn't go. And the uh, Wi-Fi at the G sucks. So if I tried to do it at the G, we'd, yeah. we'd crash the app and no one would be happy. So that's why I sat at home and did it with the NBN and uh, got the job done. Do you, know, do you know many people who went to the G? Was their experience good or bad? Nico, you went to the G. What was your experience went? like? No, it was it was fun. I mean, obviously, I went to Hawthorne, North Melbourne, so oh, there's about um, four thousand people there. Yeah, well, the the atmosphere wasn't as electric as the <laughs> first few opening nights. I actually, actually, I did go to Melbourne uh, Bulldogs on Wednesday night as well, and did you? It was fantastic. I was exp- I, I, again. I was still expecting a few more there. I think they got around fifty thousand. I was mm-hmm. expecting more um, towards seventy. Even eighty, you but know. It was a Wednesday night too, and it must. Yeah, it was a Wednesday night. I've yeah. loved the commentary from the uh, mainstream broadcast media saying like, "Oh, how great Wednesday night football!" Because obviously, ads and you know stuff that people actually watch on a Wednesday night. But in terms of actually going to the football, it's pretty weird. Yeah. It's not the yeah, cadence yeah, of like you know Friday night. You knock off. You go to work. Get into after work drinks. Then you head down to the G. Mm. That makes sense. All the, all like the Wednesday, Thursday night, Thursday yeah. night, you take off Friday. You go, hey, the kids can stay home from school. Yeah. You can rock in, <laughs> rock up to uh, work late. You know, Thursday night's different. I thought I didn't. Wednesday night, I don't know. I think yeah. they could have played Melbourne Bulldogs on the Thursday night, push Richmond to the Friday night, and just done it that way. Yeah, mm. and then have Collingwood St Kilda at Eddie Had. I guess the Wednesday. I guess the idea as well was to have um, free air for each game for round yeah. one. Yeah, a festival yeah. of football. And it, yeah, it was. It was good to be able to see it every game, I guess, yeah. in that sense. But I, I would have liked a bigger crowd on a Wednesday night, that's all. But still, yeah. it was great atmosphere. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Gordo, we're going to return to our famous segment, uh, the first one being the hero of the week. Uh, Gordo, who was your hero? Well, see, often heroes are the unsung ones. They're the ones I enjoy. So Patrick Dangerfield tore yeah. Essendon apart. But, oh, is that your hero? He's that's not my not, hero. Oh, He's not my okay. hero. That's the easy. He'll get three Brownlow votes. He'll get all the credences. He'll get two and a half hours airplay on SEN during the week. Uh, my uh, hero, however, is a comeback redemption hero, Tyson yeah. Stengel. Oh, Stengel, the ex-Richmond player. Ex-Richmond, ex-Adelaide. Yes. And, yes. you know, if we're honest with ourselves, he was a naughty boy last year. That's he why was. he lost his gig. And yep. sometimes we lose our way. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean you have to be lost in the wilderness forever. So 
Geelong picked him up, and Geelong does this really, really well. They are the Melbourne storm of the AFL. You cannot go to Geelong and not get better as a player. And we were remarking about this uh, on Saturday afternoon. It's like it was like 10 of their list is currently like either a two or three club player. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They like to recycle and they, they're very clever about it and they're very good at redeveloping players in Tyke mm. and Stengel with uh, 20 disposals, four goals, three. Just add something nice. Add something. He hasn't offered it anywhere else. He didn't really offer it at Richmond. He didn't really offer I it at Adelaide. didn't get the opportunity, no. But yeah. uh, he's added something a bit different to that forward line that needed a bit of uh, zhuzhing up, a bit of um, mm-hmm. refresh, and they've done it with a recycled player like Tyson and under the tutelage of a good friend of his, Eddie Betts, down at Geelong as well. Yeah, so, well, he spends a lot of time with there, doesn't yeah. he? I think he, li- he lives with Narkel, he li- lives with mm. Parford, but he spends, he said he spends most weekends with Eddie Betts down in Melbourne. So it's good to be around good people and it can mm. bring the best out of you. We've all made mistakes. I mean, Gordo, I could write, write a book on your ones and Nico, yeah. we, we can't mention them on air, but but everyone's made mistakes. So it's good that he's got a set, well, third chance, actually. But mm-hmm. the thing was, and I like this about Chris Scott, that in the press conference, he said, look, it wasn't a golden ticket he earned it he worked mm. hard to get back in the team last year we thought he's gone he's gone back to the sandfall he's not going to get another another gig but he impressed so much and changed his attitude that he was given an opportunity and he took it with both hands and he's very very exciting i thought many Essendon were, were terrible but still four goals on his uh his first game for the cats uh I thought it was tremendous. He turns it around now. He went from you know as you said maybe not get another chance playing mm. in the sandfall to now he could have had a stinker he could have had a stink around yeah. one and then suddenly he's back in the resis and, you know, his mm. career's cooked. Instead, mm. grabs opportunity, makes the most of it, and now he's, you know, probably there for at least five or six weeks as, yep. as a minimum, if not the whole season. So it's good I on like him. I like that. Yep. Well, well Nico, just a quick word from you because when he, yep. when he, got, uh, when he got sacked from the, from the Crows and lost his spot, you said he'll never come back to football again. Can you admit that you were wrong about that? Did I actually say that? I honestly can't remember. Yeah, yeah, you did. Oh, okay. Um, well, uh, all I can say is good on him, mate. Like he, mm. you know, everyone makes mistakes. He obviously had a fair few amount of uh, off-field issues, but credit to him for you know turning it around. Mm. Good on him. Hope well, he continues. Well, well done. He's, Nico, he sets, well, sets an example. He does. And you're you're my hero for admitting you were wrong. But who was your hero of the weekend? Well, I was going to go Matty Rao because, yeah. you know, it's great to see him back to his best. 22 of his 33 touches were contested. So that was awesome. But then I realized mm. neither of you put down Heath Chapman. And Ooh. I feel like he had to get, a, you know, oh, he I think he was the hero of the round. He was the hero for Fremantle at least. Um, that awesome stop on the line in the dying seconds. Mate, they were one point up. Obviously, couldn't spoil the ball ball over the line. He was a goalkeeper on the line. He punched it to advantage of his uh, teammate, got back up, got the um, handball back, cleared it out of defence. Siren goes free, win by a point. It's pretty simple. He's the hero of the round. Jeez, of the round. I mean, it was a big moment. That wasn't was it? A, I can't believe they couldn't ending. get it across the line for at least the draw. They had oppor- I mean, the thing was, Frio wasted all their opportunities because of their bad kicking, but that's not the first time they've, they've kicked poorly. I mean, they're the worst side in front of goal in the history of football, but still, I mean, Adelaide was shocking early on and they finally turned it on. But in that last quarter when they were, what was it, a couple goals up or even three goals up late in the game, that it was the unlosable match. And they let Frio get back into it. And then even then, the clearance, was it Keys who kicked it out of there? Just get it over the line. 
That mm. was a mistake. They will they will root for a long, long time. I think. Because- but you have to credit the you have to credit the players well from Chapman to keep that. No, it was any Dave, other hundred percent, hundred percent that he did. He got the fist there. It was a brilliant spoil. But I mean, what do we make of all these uh, swings in the games this week? So again, mainstream media is lauding the fact that oh, it's so you know unpredictable and there's big swings and there's you know like this game basically every game had like you? twelve or thirteen. <laughs> You know, goal runs where it's like, you know, like the Collingwood game, the Richmond yeah. game, this game, well, the Geelong Essendon game, but it only went in one direction. Mm. Um, but like how long until realistically coaches work out how to defend again and we just, we, oh. you know, because that's the situation there. Everyone's saying, oh, yeah. you know, Adelaide choked that game away. Well, you know, you know round one suggests that, you know, yeah. you can't well, defend it- anymore. Isn't that just proof that the the six 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 rule is working? Because it's, that's it's why they good. brought it in. Yeah. They didn't want mm. teams to be able to sit back and protect leads. They want teams to be able to, you know, get back in games. And hundred percent. I mean, there was a few teams. Oh, sorry, sorry, Nick, I didn't mean oh. up. But there's a few teams that were, you know, focusing their their style of play is focusing on attack as well and the centre bounce importance. So a lot of it is from centre bounces. Sometimes you can put a sweeper in and try and stop that. Or if you want to get on the scoreboard, you can either you know go man on man and then run off from the stoppage or things like that. It also it's from the center clearance as well, not just not just six six six, but it makes a difference because in the past we would have seen players get uh, coaches get an extra defender back and that sort of thing. I thought it was great. It was a little bit like uh, you know in basketball when the momentum swings, you just can't stop it. Yeah. Um, I thought it was great. Maybe it's got something to do with the fans back getting on. You you know you hear the crowd. Mm-hmm. Get behind your boys. Maybe that's got something to do with it. But that's a good segue for you there, Jimmy. You're talking about fans. Surely the loudest fans, fans of the weekend, the uh, the Blue Baggers. I think it was. I think it was when Sam Doherty kicked that goal as well. That was, he's my hero without a doubt. And it was awesome to have fans back. And Nico is surprised here that I'm putting a Carlton person here because I'm a Richmond supporter. Um, I was I was upset about Richmond's performance, but I was very very happy for Sam Doherty because not just even even if he didn't kick a goal, even just getting out on the field. I think footy is about you know, stories and emotion and the fact he's returned from two knee con- uh, reconstructions and also cancer. I mean, my God, just to get on the field is an achievement, but to have an impact like he did, 26 disposals, and get this, Nico, you love efficiency, 96% efficiency. He was clean. Even when Richmond were controlling the game, he was the one player that Carlton could rely on to get to um, – to, to be able to pass through that Richmond defence, he was extremely efficient, extremely ke- uh, clean with possession. And then when he kicked that goal, um, it was absolutely, it was it was fantastic to hear the uh, the crowd get behind him and all his players ran to him. And after the game, which, Gordo, you'll play straight after this, Wiedering's comments on 3AW were fantastic. I've, I haven't heard a player like this, and I can't remember when, but he was getting very, very emotional speaking about the impact of Doherty on the teammates and, and saying what a great person he is. He's a leader at that club. Club, literally, he's a, he, he was a skipper for a long time. But to be able to, it, it's a new era there, and I think he played a big part in them starting the way that they did. Uh, so you know, these comments from Weedering uh, were just were just great for the game. Yeah, um, he's I don't know, he's just something else. Um, oh, sorry, I'm getting a little bit emotional. Um, he's just uh, he's a leader of our football club. He's gone through two knee reconstructions, cancer. Um, it, <laughs> He's an incredible person on and off the field. He's got an incredible family, mother, brother. Um, father will be up there watching him from, uh, 
from all the way up there and um, and Nat, his partner, I, I can't say enough about him. Uh, he's a terrific mentor, terrific leader for this group um, and to get the win for him tonight uh, is going to be massive for our group going forward and I can't wait to do it more and more times again. I have to yeah, echo your thoughts on Doherty as well. I mean, he didn't just make up the numbers on Thursday night. He was a standout for Carlton and it defied all odds. Um he, he he didn't have much of a preseason. He didn't have any preseason at mm. all, really. And he comes out and dominates. It you know begs the question for some players who you know take a few games to get going. Um, mm. If they don't have a preseason or any match preparation, and you look at guys like Doherty, who you know went through the battle he did, and then comes out on round one, prime time fixture against you know a tough team in Richmond, and um, yeah, he puts up the. Uh, performance that he did it's it's inspirational it was inspirational a few inspirational moments over the weekend Gordo you've got a highlight for us what was your highlight my highlight was the the encatchment that is Joe Danaher in, mm. in one single game and so yeah. kind of interesting if you do a quick google search for Joe Danaher the moment that comes up is the brain fade apparently so he takes the huge grab on the cusp of yeah. half time gives off the handball everyone's kicking into him. I think uh, Wayne Carey on Channel 7 said, you know, that's, that's the sign of a player that's lacking confidence because, of course, the only way you can show confidence is to go back and kick it yourself, not to give off a clear handball. If that had been like four seconds earlier, that's a really clever play and they get a goal out of it. He just didn't. The media, yeah. he, didn't, he didn't know the team. He didn't know the time. You know, his teammates mm. didn't help him out and, uh, you know, didn't cost him the game. What, what actually helped them win the game was the fact that this player, so-called low on confidence, goes back-to-back, bang-bang, kicking two goals at the start of the uh, final quarter to put the Brisbane back in contention for the game for them to finish off later in the quarter. So mm. hats off to Joe Danaher for giving us, you know, a bit of excitement, a bit of to and fro. And as uh, Daniel Cheney said, that game pretty much sums up his whole career. It's, there's highs, there's there's some lows, and then there's some there's some pull through and some potential. So yeah. that was the highlight for me. Just like you know, sometimes I don't have to be so serious, and sometimes I think we're all a bit too quick to uh, call out players for making obvious mistakes, which I'm sure we would do the same uh, if we're in their shoes. Mm. Gordo, I, Gordo. Yeah, Sorry, you, Jimmy. No, no, um, go, Nicholas. I'm at risk of sounding pretty harsh here, but oh, I, I believe low on confidence is a kind way of putting it. You know what my words were? What were your words? Uh, low on footy IQ. Ooh. Oh, huge. Um, and look, I'm not questioning Joe Danaher as a footballer. I think he's, he's obviously got the ability. He's got the athleticism. Um, he can be a star, at the ga- a star of the game when he wants to be. Um, but the one the one flaw that he has at times is his footy IQ. I think that lets him down at times. And half time, you take a mark 15 metres out from goal. Why do you need a handball at Obviously, it's late in the quarter. Mm. Why don't you just have a look at the time? You're a key yeah. forward. You're getting paid to kick goals. Just go back and yeah. take the shot. I agree with Wayne Carey there because I think long confidence, not in his footy ability, but his, his set shot ability. There's no doubt that he can kick him, but his set shots um, at times well, are very, what, very What the bloody hell was he doing he, all bloody he missed, preseason? Yeah, no, but he missed a few before that and he didn't want to take the shot. He didn't want to take it, which he always handed it off. Mate, just go back and kick it. And game awareness, I mean, even Chris Fagan said it, look, I'm glad we won that game because if mm. we lost by a small margin, we would never have heard the end of it. That's what he yeah. said. And I, re- I reckon 100%, 100% that will be replayed yeah. all the time. But I, I, I agree with Gordo. I mean, he's still that he didn't drop his head after that exactly. and he smiled it yeah. off. He smiled it off, laughed it off. Oh, well, you have and, to, don't you? And then he impacted the game after that. Yeah. And he they won because of Joe Danaher. And they didn't play good football, Brisbane. Don't you know? And let's not forget that Port Adelaide were hurt. 
they ran out of legs in the end. Mm. Brisbane didn't play great. So without Joe Danaher, they don't win that game. But, you know, I think that moment summed up his career. He'll do something brilliant two seconds later. What are you doing, Joe? Yeah. I just hope it's more consistent. I hope the it, it, he, the more positives will uh, will come out of this. I, I do love watching Joe. Well, see, Something always happens. I hope he keeps just doing this forever. <laughs> we don't crazy, want robots. You know, people stuff. in cricket love Stuart Broad because he's hilarious. He's awesome mm-hmm. at cricket, but he's also hilarious. I think we need yes. more players like Joe. More yeah, imperfection. No, entertainment, in isn't it? Exactly. It's theatre. Theatre. Nico, you, you liked a bit of theatre on the weekend. Mm, what was I your did. highlight of all that theatre? My highlight was how dominant the debutants were. Yeah, I don't think we've ever that. seen a round one where so many new players at AFL level mm-hmm. have dominated like they did on the weekend. Like yeah. it started on uh, Friday night, Jack Hayes, three goals, 10 marks for St. Kilda. He single-handedly turned the game around, could have easily won it for St. Kilda as well, mm. but he just had no support around him. Nick Dacos as well, 27 touches. Uh, in yesterday's game, Horn Francis was very good. He showed glimpses of his explosiveness. He kicked a goal. Uh, Josh Ward as well had some very good moments for Hawthorne. Mm-hmm. I liked Gibkiss's game for Richmond. Um, five yeah. marks. I thought he held his own. It was okay. Well yeah, for was Richmond. Okay. Yeah. But the the two that you know topped the lot, obviously, Josh Rochelle yesterday, five goals for the Adelaide Crows. He single handedly got Adelaide back into it and yeah, could yeah. have, again, could have easily won it for, for his team. And Nick Martin, probably the one that mm. will, um, yeah, get the Rising Star nomination this week. Five goals, 27 touches. Yeah. Has to be the best uh, debut of all time. Of all time. Bang, all maybe. Time. Yeah, I Has mean, Luke Matthews only kicked one goal in his debut. Um, I don't know about others. I can't remember a better debut than that but i think also the fact i only remember because he met they mentioned it on 3 w um, but still five goals is unbelievable right but in a losing team as well they're getting absolutely slaughtered uh, yeah. so to kick five goals and have 27 touches to go if with you don't that, mind i think you know when, you, when you're a debutant as well and your team's getting smashed to be able to lift and impact the game like that i think was fantastic and the fact you know out of all of the the um, things that could uh, sum up why this was so special is because it, Nicholas hates Essendon with an absolute passion. So the fact that he mentioned Nick Martin, I think, shows what an impact he had. But we also know <laughs> that Nick loves Supercoach. Oh, and yeah, so maybe true. Nick and was smart and didn't have oh, Nick Martin oh. on the bench like I did. I had all those. I had all those players in my team. I had oh, Nick. There's Martin always a the reason field. why he does this. Oh mate, come on! You got to give credit where credit's due. No, Nick no, Martin fair is enough. brilliant, and I, I actually feel sorry for Rochelle and a few other um, debutants from the weekend who won't get the nomination this week. Oh, after... Don't feel sorry for Nick because we know how they, they'll get it eventually. Works. They'll get yeah. it in a few weeks. Even yeah. if they have they'll have a one touches. goal, sixteen touch game, and then oh, oh yeah, this is the, this is a makeup for round one. Yeah, hundred percent. It, oh, it's of always course. in the back. I mean, but I love Jason Horn Francis in particular that he just looked like a ready-made player like as soon as, yeah. as soon as the match started you're like mate this guy's been playing for 10 years he and really he is a danger field regen though isn't he like he, he just he when just, he bursts out of packs and things like that oh, just the style of his play even the way mm. he walks just the aura about him oh. is danger field all yeah. over except yeah. you know i think uh horn francis's kicking is a is a bit more accurate than danger fields oh wow well, well he had a good that. goal his first goal was nice that snap it was i thought it, it was. was impressive nick dacos as well you mentioned it but i want to mention him again because i think the amount of pressure that's on that kid not just being the son of an absolute legend of the game but to be basically i mean people can argue maybe he would have been the first first pick if it wasn't the father-son rule but geez to be you know a lot of um a lot of people are expecting a lot from him especially collingwood people so to go out there and perform mm. and after his first kick 
wasn't a good one. It was a bad first yeah, kick. Yeah, they got stuck thought, into oh, it. No, maybe they? he's a bit spooked. But yeah. he wasn't. He just he trotted on. He's got he's got you know huge yeah. injury. I thought it was a great after the game when both of them were interviewed. Um, one of them gave the other one a kiss on the cheek, and that was fantastic to see. <laughs> I love it. I love that stuff. That's good. Well done, Nico. Very impressive from you. Um, is it my turn for a highlight? It is. Um, my highlight is having my dog interrupt every single uh, podcast I've ever done because <laughs> he barks at anything, and he's actually even more upset because Richmond lost. Old Dusty. <laughs> but my highlight actually from the weekend was all the new coaches getting a win, and that includes Michael Voss, Craig McRae, and Sammy Mitchell. And Nico laughs because, look, I'm not a fan of Sam Mitchell. There's no, there's no hiding that. But I, I've got to give credit where credit's due. To be honest, when you when you rock up to a, a um, first first round as a new coach, there's so much expectation, and you can imagine the pressure that is on these guys during the preseason trying to implement their plan and their take on a team. And I think when you looked at every single one of those games, you could see their the coach's influence. So we saw Voss there; he's got a real kind of um, he's concentrating on defence more and. And they were plus 18 in clearances, uh, in, in contested ball, sorry, plus 10 in clearances. Tackles were up, 14 tackles inside 50 opposed to one from Richmond. You could see their attack around the ball, and that was a Voss kind of thing. They need to win the contest because when they didn't last year, they were just slaughtered. So already you could see the belief that they had in the midfield there, and I think that's a Voss thing that is implemented. And putting Mitch McGovern down back, was great. So he, you know, for Carlton to be to win their first game since first round since 2012, just gets gets them on the right foot and uh, and and they're flying. I mean, everyone says they're flying after round one, but it looks good from Carlton's perspective. Uh, Sammy Mitchell as well, quicker ball movement. That's what you wanted to see from Hawthorne. They were very boring uh, throughout times with Alistair Clarkson trying to control possession that sort of thing. But from the start, you could see. The ball movement was a lot quicker. They were getting it in um, fast to to the other Mitchell, uh, your man, Nico, mm, Mitch, um, Lewis. Up, Mitch Lewis, uh, up forward, and he had a, he had a fantastic game. And I think there's a lot of pressure on him this year uh, to perform. So I think the ball movement will help him. And I like the relaxed look on uh, Sammy Mitchell on the bench as well. When you, I don't know if you saw Nico at the game, he was uh, talking. We can say something, Gordo. Did you? I say was. You're well? talking about being relaxed there as well. It's like obviously some of the traditions have been relaxed down at Hawthorne Land. So how much do we oh, yeah, read into the fact that uh, Wingard gets to wear sleeves all year? Yeah, exactly right. That as well. I mean, he's he's allowing people to express themselves, and I think that's good. That's a big change at Hawthorne, and also Craig McRae. Um, this a similar thing with the ball movement. It was more exciting. It was entertaining football. There's a lot of positivity. So I think those coaches, that was a highlight that they got a, a first win and eased the pressure because it is one of the toughest, toughest jobs in the world is being head coach. So, uh, But let's not forget also, boys, that assistants need to get some praise as well because it is the whole coaching group, not just the one person. And all of those coaching groups have been changed. Mm. dramatically so it is the whole coaching group and i think nathan buckley listening to him this morning he pointed that out that don't just praise the coach here because the assistants have a lot to do with it and i know in particular michael voss doesn't usually take training himself he delegates he lets the assistants take it just oversees it and make sure the plan's implemented so it's a team effort but good on those coaches that was my highlight and uh speaking of bucks did you uh hear the pre-match interview between bucks and mccray no, I saw it talked about on Twitter, but I didn't. That hear was it. that was hilarious. Was it good? Though? What, Just because like Bucks goes like, oh, what's you know, what's your plan here? 
And then the crate just lays out all the things they did wrong last year. Oh, it was pretty conservative. It was pretty slow. You know, we played a pretty restrictive style of football and Bucks is just like, yeah, yeah, I suppose you did. Yep, yep, cool. What's the plan this year? We're play a bit more exciting football, express yeah. ourselves a bit more. Bucks is like, yeah, all right. Yep, sounds good. All right, cool. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, that was great. Oh, nice. I think did McRae or him make a joke? Say, oh, he's up bucks or something like that. I think. Oh, and then, oh. then McRae, um, I think the guys in the studio asked, um, what, what's your advice for bucks? And then McRae just said, just to loosen up a little bit when you're on the call. And so he got, his little, got a little champion and then wandered off to go, go win his first game. Not a bad day out. So there's a heap of highlights, obviously. Let's get to the lowlights, though, the negative stuff, which Gordo loves. This is where this is where he really gets into his gears. Um, Gordo, what was your low light? Well, I'm a footy realist. That's why I love the lows because that's more realistic than the highs. And mm-hmm. everyone's riding high after round one, except for a few clubs. Obviously, none of them that lost. But no, yeah. I reckon the one club that's really, really, according to their fans anyway, are the Saints. They became the sinners this week. You weekend. hate the Saints. Remember a few years back, you said they weren't going to win a game. You yeah. hate them and the passion. Look, the best thing about round one this year was it was like for like in the groupings. A lot of teams played their equivalent in if you tier the teams up in the ladder, they're really important games because these are the teams that should be beating each other if they want to finish on top of the ladder against each other. And so Saints, they really got the easier number here. Against a rebuilding mm. Collingwood, this was a game that, you know, we did a lot of work with Saints TV this year on the app. And they mm. said exactly that. Like this was their chance to prove themselves on the big stage on a Friday night game against the side that they should probably beat if they think they're going to play finals this year. Mm. And they did not live up to any expectations no, whatsoever. And it was they all the same problems as last year. They, won't be able to, they don't win their own free well enough. They have no defensive integrity. They Ooh. get caught trying to cheat ahead of the ball. Ooh. All the annoyances that St Kilda provided last year, they Ooh. replicated in round one this year. And uh, I don't think there'll be a single Saints fan is confident at all about their chances now after you know, a, a round one calamity. Yeah, they looked they looked really poor. Dusty agrees with you. You hear in the background barking. Um, yeah, it was terrible. I think he was also angry at the fact that we also tipped the Saints on on Friday, which was stupid in hindsight. Mm. But really, I mean, they're playing they're playing a Collingwood side who was seventeenth last year, and yeah. they know what yeah, Collingwood side that couldn't kick goals. They couldn't yeah. kick any goals. They kicked a hundred against the Saints. That's what I'm saying. Like you know what they're going to come out and do. They're going to come out and pressure the ball. This is a new start, and they could, like Brett Ratton said after the game, that they couldn't deal with their pressure first up. Which is when you when you're a mature team against a team like Collingwood, hmm. I, I think that's that's a, a real negative. But second, even when there wasn't pressure, their skill level was shocking. Yeah, so <laughs> you can't win a game like that. They they worked their way back in the game. They were six goals down at one stage, but I think Jack Hayes had a lot to do with that. And that's that's a guy who's been recruited a couple of weeks ago. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, and you're relying on that. So, oh, incredibly disappointing from the Saints. Shocking, shocking. I agree with that, Gordo. Absolute disappointing. Speaking of round one calamities, yeah. I don't think there was any worse than Essendon's. In fact. I've put the line through them already. I actually, I didn't really, I didn't really <laughs> have one, and he's put the line through. I didn't even have them as premiership. What does that mean? What does honest. that mean? Does that well, mean no, they, no eight? There was, no. there was so much hype for the bombers. No, I understand, Nick, but is it no finals or no top four? What are you putting a line oh, through? Premiership, of course. Well, okay, and, yes. Oh, top fine. four, you can throw that in okay. as well, and uh, top eight, real borderline at the moment, honestly. <laughs> Honestly, I'm being serious. I, I, it was extremely disappointing. There's always a lot of hype with the Bombers going into a season. It's been one game, though, son. There's, no, yeah. Well, let me go on. Sorry, I apologize. A lot of hype. You head into round one. You know, I think all when all teams, you know, 
start the season, you know, everyone's at the same level, you're all reset and it's, it's, you know, it's a new opportunity for a fresh start. And then to come out against Geelong, who, again, I think Essendon may have been expected to win because, you know, the narrative, the whole narrative around Geelong being old and Essendon being young and fresh, energetic, you let Geelong kick seven goals on you in the first quarter, 12 Mm. scoring shots. Okay, you had a a bad first quarter. You come out in the second quarter and you get smashed again. I think Geelong kicked five goals in the second quarter. You're down by 10 goals at halftime. Halftime, okay, bad first half. You know, you'd think there'd be some fire in the belly for the third term. You come out again, concede another five goals. It's just like, what the hell's going on? And your best player, again, like St. Kilda, was a player you picked up a couple of weeks ago. Good on him. But, I mean, where are the leaders at Essendon? I mean, they're meant to have one of the best midfields in the comp. It gets spoken about all the time. Merritt, Parrish, McGrath was back, Dylan Shield. Like, where were those guys? They just got absolutely hammered by these old boys at Geelong. Mm. And um, I think one of their biggest flaws got exposed and credit to Geelong for exposing it. But there's just not enough key position players down back for the Bombers. And Tom Hawkins just... He had a birthday, kicked four goals, took uh, how, mu- how many was birthday. it? Eight you to want to add much age to him because he's already getting on. <laughs> but he had a party. He did. Cool. He had a party. He had a party. And yeah, yeah they're done, the Bombers, I reckon. I, I think, <laughs> done already. Uh, I think, look, I agree with you, your assessment on the performance. It was shocking. The game was over at quarter time and they dropped their heads. Um, and I, I guess that's with mental strength, isn't it? After if you if you cop a first term like that, you want to you want to see some fight from the boys, uh, which is very disappointing. But they looked uh, out muscled in the midfield. They couldn't get near the ball. They couldn't get contested ball. They got smacked. You wanted more from Zach Merritt, Darcy Parish. You wanted to see something. Um, I think the only the only, only moments where where Essendon came in the game was when the Cats kind of took the foot off a little bit. It was a complete and utter um, destruction, as they used to say. Mm. Um, but but, Nicholas, it is round one, and the season can turn around very, very quickly. I mean, remember last year, last year we saw um, Geelong lost to Adelaide in round one, and there was some other upsets as well that I can't think of. The top of yeah, my they head, didn't lose by 60 points. 60 points, mate. They got and smacked. They meant to be a... Anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's round one. It's it one is round game one, one, and I might be getting ahead of myself. You are getting ahead of yourself. I just but, I don't... Look, I like it. I like the, the call because this is great. We can go back to it. You might be right. Yeah. But let's just remember it is round so one. Just I, to I'm confirm, just okay? Just yeah. to confirm. So it's the yeah. red texter, the permanent texter through the premiership for Essendon. Absolutely. Yeah. Then we go to the red pen for the top four. Yep. Yeah. And then the red pencil, but an erasable pencil for the top eight. Top, top eight. I'll but give you, him some you, hope for top eight, but it's very faint. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. It's very right. faint. The texter is dying on those top eight hopes. But honestly, I might I might add as well, if Jeremy Cameron didn't go off, uh, it could have been worse as well because, you know, yeah. I spoke about I was, those I was sad that Geelong didn't go for the double ton. I wanted they to see an easily. old school, late 2000s yeah. Geelong just massacre aside. We'll be back after a quick break.
and we spoke about earlier in the podcast how um, how there's been so many, you know, flips in form, uh, yeah, sorry, momentum shifts in games mm. um, this weekend. And the fact that Essendon couldn't pull it off when, you know, they've got, you know, a pretty good list, I just think is very concerning. You really hate the Dons. Hey, you would have liked Brett, um, a Rutten's, Ben Rutten's uh, comments in his press conference. He said, that is not what we stand for as a club. I and it's... Not. Yeah. <laughs> You do. you do, yeah, you hope it's not. But also, he said he wasn't expecting it. He, he was shocked. He was absolutely rattled. Well, what do you put it down to, you know? under uh, Did they not prepare properly? You know, Well, the preparation undone. was fine. He even Mentally. said that, look, it doesn't, it's it's not a reflection well, on how they've prepared. It is a reflection on how they prepared because they have no game, like, plan B. Mm. If they had prepared well, with a plan B, clearly they went looking for a Geelong side that's going to play their boring Geelong football that, Nico said they couldn't win a premiership with last year. And instead, they've rejuvenated, come out and been like, surprise, we're going to kick a bunch of goals now. Yeah, and uh, yeah. Eston's like, what's, what this? New, new phone, who this? We're not prepared <laughs> for that. Crazy. And, uh, it's it's yeah. crazy. But we look at the marks. First, 119 marks, 76 from Geelong. Yeah. It's just it's absolute opposite from what we expect from Geelong. They just they played on. Uh, they won contested ball and just ran. Yeah. Um, going past with a hand pass, brought inside 50 really quickly. And... The forwards just loved it. Uh, mm. Yeah, Essendon have got to respond next week. I think it's early to be putting a line through them. It is round one, Nicholas, but good call. I like it. Um, is it time for my low light? It is. I think it yep. is. It's the obvious one. Um, we've talked about it a fair bit. Luke Beveridge, I just think, is absolutely disgraceful the way he treated Tom Morris uh, in the press conference. Uh, media's there to do a job, and this was it was just really, really odd. Um, the fact it was a team news story it was a leak that comes out and these leaks come out all the time um so for him to say it was gutter journalist journalism um and he's not welcome in the press conference and you know basically i'm um, i'm uh, paraphrasing here but saying that he's ruining our ruining ruining our club in the, in the mm. background whatever the words he used for that i think it's terrible I but mean, perhaps he, he was actually referring to the footage that came out after the press conference where tom morris was proven to be a gutter journalist and probably isn't welcome in the uh, press conference anymore and uh, well, is, is yeah. a disgrace to the industry. So Yeah, but I don't. But that's got nothing to do with his journalism as in his writing. I mean, he talked about the story that he released as, as gutter, gutter journalism. But uh, uh, look, Gordo's some a conspiracy and, Some Freudian uh, irony, that situation. Yeah, yeah well, there you go. Look, I, yeah, it's terrible what Tom... Tom Morris said, and the footage got released. But this was a separate incident altogether. Mm. I just think when you represent, when you're a leader of your club, and you're representing the club and the sponsors, and you've got values that you stand by, to be able to treat someone else in the media like that, I, I, I love. Don't get me wrong, I love back and forth between journalists and and, and coaches. That's what it's all about. That's yeah. the theater. But when but there you, was no back and forth, personal. Yeah. There was no yeah. back and forth. And it was a personal attack. And he did mm. apologize the next day. I thought he could apologize earlier because he left it to late, but he might have left it to late because, uh, you know, maybe mm. there was a suggestion that something else was was coming out before his apology. But anyway, I think Caroline Wilson as well was calling out for a six figure fine for. Ever. Yeah, she was. And she said what we saw was a man unraveling. Um, she thought mm. and, and was questioning whether he was fit to be coaching a group of, a group of young men, and he also suggested maybe a boycott of Beveridge's uh, media going forward. But I think that was that was obviously before the apology, and I don't think she wanted to push that any further after he did come out and apologise. And that's all you can really ask for. I mean, we all make mm. mistakes, and you come out and own it. But there was reports that it wasn't uh, an easy thing to convince him to come out and give an apology. And mm. 
As far as we know, as of yet, he didn't contact Tom Morris himself. The club did. The AFL did. Uh, but Luke Beveridge did not contact Tom Morris. So, I mean, you can read into that how you like. But I just think coaches need to understand the role of a press conference but need to understand the role of the media. Without the media, you're not getting paid what you're getting paid and the game is not surviving. Mm. We know all the money comes from broadcast. And the, the reason people are watching so much and getting involved in footy is through the media, trying to trying to get more eyes on on the sport. And, uh, and so the, yeah, anyway, it, the other part of this is that like how much legitimacy or interest or excitement are, is there in these stories? Like the, oh, this guy's getting dropped. And I'm gonna I'm gonna scoop it 45 minutes before teams get released on Tuesday. And like well, we see, and like it's not just Tom Morris. It's Tom Brown. It's it's yeah, Cleary. It's it's all of them really are all like hunting for these scoops. But like hmm. if we just waited 45 minutes, it gets released anyway. So why do like why are we why are we the media and that's us as well? Why are we trying to scoop team lists and stuff? Like who yeah. cares? Well, they they want it's a big. I think it's a big ego thing as well. You want to be the first to break it, and you want to be saying, "I know that behind the scenes, I know what's going on," and people yeah. like to hear it first. And 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 when it does come out before the club addresses it, it does seem like there's more to the story. So that mm. story comes out, people go, "Oh God, is there you know maybe um, Bevo and and um, Lockie Hunter don't get along? Maybe the players are against the coach?" And all these things come out, mm. and people all you know are watching it. Um, it's just part of the game. It's mm. part of the game. Look, I, I personally, I don't, I don't, wouldn't do it. I don't like it. I don't like that side of the media trying mm. to get a story, trying to get a quote, and that sort of thing. It's not for me. But that's their job. If that's what they want to stand for, then fine, yeah. go and do it. And and if Bevo's got a problem with that, he needs to find um, where the leaks coming from rather than mm. having yeah, attacking a the, the people whose job it is to find them. To, to find them. Um, mm. And we and we do know this. Like that, leaks come from from players and people who aren't always. Happy. I mean, secure clubs and successful clubs, there is minimal leaks that come out of them. And especially in premiership years, you've seen at premiership teams, it's very hard to get a story because everyone's on board, everyone's on the same page. Whatever's said in these rooms stays in these rooms. Uh, and that's the way it rolls. So, anyway, it's an interesting one. I thought it was shocking, did not like it. Hey, tweets and emails, hashtag footy live. And you can email me at james.sabo at sportsmatemobile.com or these guys are on Twitter as well. Send all your abuse to Nico. He loves it. Any tweet, any email you send, we will read it out as a promise. Even the swear words, we'll, we'll, we'll bleep it out. But just anything you want to say. Dario Casale's got in early because he's one of our uh, best listeners and he's been messaging me all summer saying, when's the podcast coming back? I can't wait to hear what Gordo's got to say. You're his favourite apparently, which I've got no idea why. But Dario said, we had some incredible debuts from Hayes, Martin and Rochelle, which I think is Rochelle, but whatever. Who was the best debut and who gets the rising star round one? In brackets, said, I don't think Hayes can get it as he is a mature age, which is correct. You can't. You've got to be under 21, I believe. Um, who gets it? I think, Nico, you already nominated Martin as, as getting it. Yeah, yeah. It would have to be between Martin and Rochelle with the five goals each, but Martin mm. probably just pips him um, because of the 27 disposals on top of the goals. Um, but if... I'd say if uh, the Crows got the win, I'd probably put Rochelle ahead of him um, because of the, you know, the four points over the line. But, yeah, mm. both in a losing team, I'd probably have Martin first. Uh, Gordo, say for you. Yeah, I'd say Martin as well, just because, like, the sheer difference between his performance and the rest of his team. So he's really shown that, like, you know, he's ready to to jump out of the blocks early season. Yeah. Um, and against a really good opponent too in Geelong. So I think, yeah, 
uh, yeah, Rochelle with Adelaide against Fremantle, probably a lesser intimidating opponent there. Mm. Um, and maybe it's a Melbourne bias, you know, doing it on the G, a bit different to Adelaide Oval, but Adelaide maybe. Oval is pretty good too. So, yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, Martin for Martin. I reckon the judges might see it as who's more likely to repeat uh, the effort. And you could say, Rakelli, he's a goal kicker, he'll kick more. And, uh, and Hay, uh, well, Hayes can't win it, but who, it, it, like Dagos will have another one, Horn Francis, all these players. Uh, Martin kicking five and getting 27, maybe not as likely. So let's yeah. get him now. Let's get it in the game. Get him in the system. Start. Yeah. And then a few weeks later, like I said, they'll all get it. They'll all get their nominations because it, it's, it's, uh, it doesn't matter what you do on the week. It's a, bank of work so yeah. yeah martin for mine as well fans i'd view we love to talk to our fan correspondents they know what's going on at clubs and we love to hear the fans perspective because that's what we're all about here on the round review so let's uh have a look now at chaps chat cats they're going to join us and talk about geelong's huge win all right here we go sam johnny and jake from chaps Chat, cats. Oh, I've got to get used got to it. it. I'll get used to it by the sixth <laughs> well time you guys are on. <laughs> Boys, you're very, 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 very happy today. What a win, round one. <laughs> yes, it was uh, fantastic, wasn't it? <laughs> well, it was for us. I don't know. I don't know what you thought of it, but <laughs> no, I thought it was. I thought it was great. I mean, what the, the thing was that I picked Geelong, so I'm always happy when they win. But I even your coach said he wasn't expecting that uh, that start from you, boys. Were you expecting it, or are you a bit shocked at how easy it was in the first quarter? Uh, I was shocked. I, well, I, I tipped them to lose yeah. the first two weeks, so yeah, you did too. <laughs> you did too. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I was shocked. I, I I tipped us to win, but I thought it would take us a, a few weeks to um to settle in, which it mm. may still. You know, that might have just been the uh, beginner's luck out the gate. Um, mm. but you yeah, know, I didn't I didn't think we'd do it in that fashion. That's for sure. Mm. Hey, Johnny, were you, did you were impressed about the the way the boys played? Were you? Were you uh, kind of expecting that? Because it was very far. I mean, you look at the marks taken. Essendon had, what was it? Uh, we had on here, 119 marks to your 76. So it was kind of reverse. You're used to the Cats holding possession and controlling yeah. tempo, but it was more play on, uh, getting it in quickly. And, yeah, and it was... yeah, did you like the way they played? No, I absolutely loved it. Um, shocked as well how, how well they all played together, especially with the new coaches coming in, a few new players, but... Uh, just looked like they all played the best, some of the best football they could, and yeah, I was really happy and excited for the year because mm. if we play like that most weeks, I think we can win a fair chunk of games this year and have a good chance at finals again. So bring it on! Hopefully, injury free this year as well. Um, hopefully, yeah. Cameron can get back on the field as soon as possible. <laughs> I was just going to say, it looks like Cameron, I saw a video uh, just before he released, so he's come out and, he's, well, maybe he might be right f- for next week. So we we all uh, in tears when he went down. Yes, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I, I was all, I was, I don't know about the other lads. We have, we, we're doing our recap tonight, so we haven't mm. had a lot of thoughts together in depth yet, but I was, it, it, it put quite a dampener on the match mm. <laughs> for me. Everyone else was reveling yeah. in it and I was, I was uh, I was the cynic off in the corner crying about Cameron, so I was no. I was quite happy. It was... seems like he might be back this week. Yeah, mm. hopefully, hopefully for my um our three way fantasy team fantasy. as well because yeah. he's in my team and I was devastated when he went down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and no, it looks like it might not be too serious, which is good. We always want the best players out there, so I'm hoping he gets back this week, especially Jake. Speaking of best players, you said Dangerfield mm. was finished. Maybe he wasn't going to be as good, but he's come out out of the blocks and uh, had one of his all-time best games. He's fit. That's what a fit preseason I see, can do. 
I said Dangerfield was was not one of my favourite players until last year, and then he won me over. And I was hoping he could continue. <laughs> not only did he continue, it might have been one of his best games in the hoops. 31 disposals, 8 clearances, 4 marks, 4 oh, goal ah. assists, and a goal. Um, Bring out the stats, Jake. Yeah. <laughs> that's when I, that's when I call Dangerfield. He's in Superman mode when mm. he's just leaping for everything in the air. When he's crashing through packs, um, when he's got the socks pulled up as every yeah. Geelong player should have, the socks pulled <laughs> up is a big indicator of performance for Danger. Yes. Um, yeah. So no, I loved it, reveled in it, and love continually being proved wrong about the kind of player Dangerfield is. Oh, he was fantastic. There's a lot of lot of contributors though. I mean, it, it does help when your opposition doesn't put on much of a uh... like spoil. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Say it again for me. Oh, sorry. Um, I was just saying my favorite danger film was. Oh, uh, look! Either oh, Sam's no, internet's cutting yeah. out, or it was kind it... of a nothing play, and he re he re. Oh, here we go. Oh, am I am I here? Am I here? You're you're back yes, now. You're either getting emotional, or the internet was cutting yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's yeah. I was thinking about. I was cast back to camera again. No, don't don't worry about me. Move on. Move on. <laughs> All right. I wanted to ask you about the other boys because Chris uh, Chris Scott was uh, very complimentary of the younger boys, or not the younger, the guys who don't get a lot of opportunities like De Koning, Radigalia, Holmes, Francis Evans. It was good to see them perform as well because, you know, we talked about, oh, they're too old, the Cats, they might be past it. It was good to see the, the other crop of players performing. It was just good to see them proving everyone wrong yet again. Mm. Um, as Chris Scott said in his press conference, he's heard that they're too old, too slow since he first started and yeah. they're still making finals. But it's also fantastic to see the young guys coming up so well. Um, Radic Lee is a big favourite of mine. Love watching him play um, along with Holmes. We're all big fans of Rat and the Holmes and just fantastic to see them play a good game of football and continue their development to be the next Mm. Next string of great players for cats. I'm happy to be a bit of a critic in this in this segment, and Ooh, and just yes. I'll, I'll I'll challenge Chris Scott on this one a little bit. And mm. what do I know? But um, I I think Deconing, yeah, I think tick for a young player. I think Holmes particularly did some really nice things and slotted um, at least one, if not two, goals, which he wouldn't have kicked last season. Uh, I've got my concerns about Big Rat. Now, I love Rat, love watching Ooh. him play, love when he's at his best. Mm. But I thought too often on the weekend we saw um, the floor of, of his game, uh, you know, as in not the ceiling but the floor, and mm. that is often caught out of position in marking contests, often stuck behind his man, outbodied and outpointed for the footy. Um, and I think he's got great potential as a player, but, but I thought himself and um, Higgins were two players that, uh, you know, probably lucky there's not a couple of other guys really competing hard for their positions in the side because I think if there was, um, th then their selection would be in a little bit of doubt, particularly Higgins. But I think Rat's still got a lot of learning about the, the, the positioning in the Ford 50 to do. That's just my takeaways. Mm, wow, from a bit of negativity from Jake. I like it. I like it. That's that's a, that's a good one, Sam. If you've yes. gotten over your emotions, tell me I about. Don't know. Ty Have I? Have I? <laughs> <laughs> tell me about Tyson Stengel because what a performance from him. And we thought like twelve months ago, look, this guy's not going to play footy again. He's uh, he's made too many mistakes. Doesn't deserve a third opportunity. But now he's proven everyone wrong. He's got an opportunity. Chris Scott said it was not a golden ticket. He had to earn his way there. He's spending time with good people. 
Eddie Betts in particular, how impressed or how, how much did it mean to see him come out and kick four goals on debut? Yeah, it, it meant a lot. You know, it's been a, I guess it's been a bit of an unknown. We've seen him play in the past, et cetera, but you know, just, just how that would shape up, you know, on mm. game day, we've seen, we've seen news stories. We've heard things from Eddie Betts and we've seen the, the pregame, but uh, it was really gratifying to see him come out on game day with his game face on and really bring that sort of that hunger and the, and the spark that I think the, uh, that, that, the cats forward line sometimes can lack a little bit in recent recent memory um that real sort of fire and you know he's he's one of those players that um just seems to be there to prove his prove his point and prove his place in the game so that was you know it was it was incredibly exciting to see him come out and play that way and i think it's going to be one of the stories you know come the end of the Mm -hmm. year it's going to be one of the ones we're still talking about is how you know where he was and where he is now (laughs) yeah Love it. All right. Well, uh, obviously, cats for the flag. You guys are tipping. But what was the most positive thing to take out of the weekend? One thing from each of you. We'll start with Jake because he's a negative man. So give us a positive. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I'll give you. I'll give you a definite positive. Yeah. Um, we already sort of talked about the the the, the change in style. Mm. Um, so I won't go into that. I'm going to say Luke Dalhouse. Much maligned player Mm. down at the Cats. A lot of chatter on Twitter beforehand about how does Luke Dalhouse get a game. 14 disposals at 100% disposal efficiency, four tackles, three goal assists, and a goal. I thought one of his cleanest games in the hoop. So I really liked that game from Dalhouse. And he looked cut out of marble, absolutely shredded. He's had a big offseason. Yeah, I love that. That's a good one. Yeah, Johnny, what's your biggest positive? Biggest positive, seeing Brandon pass it out there again. Yes. Played in Salwood's position, didn't he? Yeah, he really Basically. did. And yeah. really ex- excelled at that position. And um, coming off that hamstring, looks like he's come off it fine. Look, didn't hasn't um, stopped his play at all, playing as he was last year. And it's fantastic to see him back out there. And mm-hmm. hopefully he can stay injury-free this year because he's a big part of that midfield now. Yep. Uh, and I, I'd, I'd probably go with the uh, the our conversion, our, our conversion in front of goal compared to again compared to recent memory. I mm. think lacking, you know, when when lacking Rowan, losing Cameron early, and then Hawkins more or less playing half a game and still racking up that many goals amongst the squad is is pretty exciting going forward. So, um, yeah, if we can keep that kind of form and get full games out of our main our main fellas, then I think it's pretty exciting. Yeah, brilliant. Hey, last one for you, boys. Now, when Chris Cole was talking about Stengel, he said, we've all got skeletons in our closet, so I want you all to tell me the worst thing you've ever done. No, I'm joking. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) The court case is ongoing, so I can't talk about it. (laughs) Next week, you've got the Swannies. You've got the Swannies at the SCG. Give me a tip, but I also want you to give me uh, the most goals. Who's going to kick the most goals for the Cats? I'm I'm going to go Cameron if he's back. I think I think the fire is still there. Still uh, there. I think I think the cat catters are going to go up. I think it's going to be close. I reckon we might only get him by a couple of goals, but I think Cameron will kick the most. There you go, two goals and Cameron with the most. I'm, I'm staying a two point win. I'm going to say Stengel. I say they're going to put a lot of effort yes. into stopping Hawkins and Co. Nice. Mm. I reckon Stengel might bag another four, if not five, five. goals. Um, and, Get there by two points. Week one's got me feeling positive, so I'm not saying they're going to <laughs> turn you, You've so we'll, changed we'll on you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Love absolutely. It. Here we um, go, Johnny. Johnny. I'm tipping the cats. I'm going to say a goal. 
It's going to be a tight, close contest, and I'm going to I'm going to say Danger Field is going to get three or four big ones. Oh, I like it. Yeah, I like it. Like, if he continues nice on, reward for his effort. Yeah, if he continues like <laughs> like he was last week, I reckon he'll have another massive game, and you know you can bomb him out from fifty meters easily. Yeah, yes, yes, he mm. can. So I reckon he can have a good chance of getting most goals. Perfect. Nice. Well, for your boy's sake, I hope it happens. And that was the fans' eyed view. Sam, Johnny, and Jake from Chaps Chat Cats. Thank you so much yes. for joining us. When's your podcast dropping this week? Uh, we've got one coming out tonight. That'll be the full recap of the men's game against the Bombers. So late tonight or early tomorrow, depending where you are. Midweek, we've got a full season recap of the Ooh. AFLW season yep. for the Cats women's. Um, yeah, so there you go. That's our next two for you. Check it out. Thanks, guys. We'll chat again soon, yeah? Hopefully That's not so too much. So I hope the cats lose, to be honest, uh, <laughs> yeah. in the coming days. So don't have to nah, it's true. Always, always good to chat. <laughs> See you, fellas. Thanks, mate. Thank you. Yes, Jimmy! Boys, closing questions to end off the show. Just two of my favourite things I like to do here. Just throw questions at you and see what you've got for me, okay? Yep. And if you want next yep. week, whoever wants to write in some questions, we'll throw them at Gordo and Nicholas. Um, Jack Ginevan. Yeah, you know how it is. Why work? Mm. You know, one of many this year. This baby. Mm. Oh, one of many. Yeah. One of many. Yeah, baby. The courting wife, Liam what, Bowden. That's what we're talking about. Yes, sir. Check it. Right, is that arrogance or is that expressing of character? Because Kane Corns was hard on this. Is it a good mm-hmm. look, a bad look? What did you think of that post-game player like that saying, you know, it was, uh, um, I can't remember the words he used, but saying it was pretty easy, it's first of many, mm-hmm. join themselves, a bit of cockiness, a bit arrogance. Did you like it? Well, I think it's, you know, context. He's not saying this. This wasn't like a media interview. He didn't front a press conference and say, oh, this art was so easy and we're going to win. Like if he was in a formal setting, he might have just toned it down a little bit. But this was, you know, this is the the privilege we get as viewers to get to see inside the inner sanctum, inside the club rooms. And when you win round one, new coach, everyone's everyone's frothing it, everyone's mm-hmm. hyped. You can say what you like. Like that's his that's his space. That's the Collingwood space. So they can act the way that they want to act. And if they have an issue with it, They'll deal with it. It's not for Kane Corns to peer in from over the top of the bathroom stall and say, "Oh, I don't think that's very appropriate." No, no, no. It's uh, it's his space. Enjoy What's the that a reference? Play to? on. Just like intruding, <laughs> intruding in spaces. Intruding. Not what yeah. happens inside the bathroom stalls? What happens there? <laughs> I don't know, Nicholas. Do you agree? Oh, look, I like a player expressing their character. Um, I want to see more of it. But he did call St Kilda light work, and I think light there work. is an that was the word light was work, for. and yeah. there there is an element of arrogance in that. I'm not sure if he meant to say that or come across that way, but I wouldn't be surprised if St Kilda remember that for next time, and mm. potentially some other teams. Usually, when you you know you open your mouth like that, not many people tend to forget mm. what you say, so it could yeah. cause a little fire in the belly. Look, I don't mind it. I wouldn't say it's a bad look, but it's definitely not a good look either, um, especially coming from, you know, a kid that's played maybe less than 10 games or less than 20 games. Yeah. Doesn't really, you know, have a foot to stand on. But, um, yeah, I, I, look, I don't think you'll be doing that again anytime like soon. As, as like Australian sports viewers, we can just like, we get a bit too blushing 
very quickly. Oh, I can't believe you said that. Whereas, like, mm. you know, watch American sports, watch that European NBA. sports. Yeah. NBA, that's every day. Is it, yeah. you dunk on someone, you get into their face yeah. after the game. Yeah, I'm the greatest. Boxing, the same. And I know we're, like, super team-orientated. We're super conservative. It's like, oh, you can't say yeah. anything that's moderately offensive. Whatever. Pl- play on. And you know what? If they do remember it, it and he does get tied up. If he does get tied up next time, then he probably won't gob off. But, like, maybe he'll use that at his yeah. own motivating factor. Next time he plays St Kilda, he'll have another great game and yeah. get another uh, look, I, I I agree with Gordo wholeheartedly. I mean, th- at the end of the day, this was from the club. Pardon me. This was the, the club media. And the fact is, this is who he is. That's him. No filter. Just be yourself. Yeah. I thought it was great. And the reason why we don't we see less of this is because of Kane Corn's reaction here. This is why every time players show that they're exuberant or show what they're really like, journalists will jump down their throat or just just say no because he needs a you know what was it the, yeah. the volcano whatever segment mm. he needed something to go at. Look, I'm, like, I'm, not, I'm not saying I didn't like what happened, like what he was doing. I liked that sort no, no, of content I, for social you, media. You it's just his choice of words, I think. Yeah, uh, just maybe that, just that phrase maybe of light yeah. work. But yeah, mm. I don't think he meant it in that way. It was just yeah, a yeah of, I don't hey, light work. Yeah, got another win. I, I thought yeah. it was fine. Yeah. I like to see that sort of stuff. Like the players being themselves. That's what I like. That's what the game's about. Too too much like robots, Gordo. Don't like it. Um, has the loss to Carlton forced you to change your mind on the Tigers, anyone? Uh, I wouldn't say it was that game. I, what changed my mind on the Tigers was <laughs> downfall last season. Um, I think it dates back to that game when you only kicked two goals, when Richmond only kicked two goals against yeah, okay, the Yeah, okay, okay. Let's, let's this just about the added past. to it. I this just, just meant, added to it. I just meant... Change your mind from what you're expecting coming into the season. Not we don't have okay. to go backtrack and bring well, back bad memories. To flip, the, to flip the question on you there, Jimmy, what were you expecting coming into the season? You're a staunch Richmond man. What yeah, were you what expecting? Was it? So I think a lot of the fans were on this, you know, were expecting the same here that we've finally got a preseason under our belt. We've finally um, got a fit list. Apart from bloody press, you're doing his hammy in the first two minutes. Um, but you're expecting a, a different type of Richmond than than we've seen. So. You know, um, a fierce Tigers outfit who look fit, who look ready to take on the opposition and who can play out a whole game of football rather than just a couple of quarters. So it was disappointing. I don't think Richmond played the worst football we've ever seen. They've never really been huge on contested ball clearances. Uh, We know that. We would normally win the ball back. So not too surprised in that that part of it. But still, expecting more, I mean, and taking care of – of Carlton in, in years gone by Richmond have had a good first quarter and that's, that's been the game. It's been done mm. a quarter time, basically half time, but it wasn't the case. He has a different Carlton that they were playing. Have I changed my mind on Richmond? Not really. It's round one. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a bit of a wake up call, I guess again, to say, Hey, it's not going to be easy just because we've you know, had a good preseason and we're, we're mentally ready. Hey, it's not going to be easy against every opposition. So I haven't changed my mind that much, but uh, yeah. Do you want to answer Gorda? I think, it's disappointing because you Richmond wins round one against Carlton. That's mm. how you start the season. And now that's like an official end of an era. Like the era of round one wins is over. We're into the next phase. So mm. be it. But Nico, your red pen, is it twitching? Oh, it's, I wouldn't say twitching yet, but um, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want to be seeing any more of that, any more of what we saw in the fourth quarter from Richmond. I think, you know, if it did, tell me anything i think um a lot of teams are starting to figure out the tigers and the way they play um i think they've already like they've been found out 
Like the, the, the Tigers the, have been figured out. It's now year. up to Richmond. Yeah. It's now up to Richmond it to is. work out. A like Jimmy style. said, like Jimmy said, usually it's the first quarter performance that gets mm. Richmond over the line. But you know the the fact that Carlton were able to work their way back into it. I think the teams do have a um, a counter to Richmond ball. Yeah, mm. I like to see more. Look, defensively, it was. It was poor when they got on that run, and I think Tarrant needs to have more time with the defenders. It's still, you know, it's his first official game with the club. Josh Gibkiss is very young still, and we're playing with a tall forward line, and it proved one tackle inside fifty. What a disgrace! Yeah. That used to be our, um, you know, the best yeah. part about a game was the was the forward pressure. But yeah, you know, so it it is changed a little bit. But yeah, it'll be different. Richmond will win by eighty points against GWS on Sunday. Uh, does Buddy get his thousandth this week? No. Probably no. not. No, I think Sydney's moved away from Buddy Ball. So, like, despite the fact that, you know, everyone was excited for him to kick a 1,000 on the weekend, it's actually really good for Sydney that he didn't. Yeah. Well, like, if he just kicks one or two a week, that's really good for Sydney. Exactly. There were, there were very – there was worries that they were going to be too Buddy-centric and just look for him. We wanted him to get a 1,000 goals. It wasn't. It was fantastic that it wasn't, to be honest. And Parker went there and kicked five, and I thought they found goals from different different avenues. He only kicked one. He, look, he's getting older. We can see that. But yeah. he'll get there eventually. I don't think it's going to be this week, though. Yeah, not against the Cats. The Cats' defense, they looked pretty tight on the weekend against the Bombers, so I don't think they'll be handing up four goals to Franklin on the weekend. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Uh, are the Doggies too reliant on Aaron Norton? Mm, I think because they have to be, I suppose. But, like, it's not very good inside 50 regardless. Mm, I think yeah. they miss Bruce a hell of a lot. They only yeah. took six marks inside fifty. Melbourne took seventeen. Um, if it was, it was not or bust. That was it. Oh, look, yeah, they, than- they usually they do usually have a lot of goal kickers. The dogs they usually get a lot of goals from the midfield as well. They've got small forwards that can hit the scoreboard but pretty hard. Too small. It's something small that has to change. Something that has to change for this year if they want to go one better because yeah. they have the worst. I think over the last two seasons have had the worst inside fifty to scoring ratio. Only, mm-hmm. only score 33% of the time when they go inside 50. Yeah. And so that's okay when you get, you know, plus 20 inside 50s against most of the competition. But when you're playing Melbourne, Port Adelaide, Brisbane, Geelong. Yeah. They, had, the, they had nearly the same amount inside 50s as Melbourne yeah. um, and got done pretty convincingly. Aaron Norton was just, he was their only target and that was it. And Follow-up it was, question, actually. Oh, sorry to cut you off, Jimmy. Yeah. Yes. Um, what do we think of uh, Josh Shackey? Uh, not good. Not good. Not good. VFL not player good. best. He had a shocker. He had a shocker on Wednesday. Yeah. He did. And there's been, look, we've, we've all been waiting for him to show that potential that everyone's been talking about. Mm. Haven't seen it and uh, losing faith, I think. Yeah. Time for him to go to Geelong. Mm. I think, it, yeah, maybe go to Geelong. But Jamari Hugo Hagen needs to bloody play a game sooner or later. And they've got I mean, Darcy as well coming through the ranks. Yeah, they do. Yeah. There's only one way to get. Um, better at playing senior footy is by playing senior footy. So mm. I reckon get him in the team. Uh, yeah. If they get, if they use the bloody number one pick on him, <laughs> surely he's, he's yeah. right to play. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, come yeah. on, Bevo. How, how long um, do we have to wait, mate? And I also think it's... Actually, strange. sorry, I'll take that back. He might go at me. <laughs> <laughs> also, I, I also think it's strange that um, they didn't make a play for Gunston. They knew Bruce was going to be out all season. Um why wouldn't you get, you know, a forward in their 30s that, you know, has finals, finals experience and, you know, can get the job done? He won't be on a big wage. Mm. Um, they need like a second or third tall forward. Why wouldn't they go for Gunston just to, you know, help him get over the line this year? I found that really strange. And as we saw on the weekend, 
uh, it doesn't seem like Gunston's lost too much of his um, ability. Mm-hmm. Last one, boys, before we end off. Uh, which loss hurt more, do you think, for the club, Adelaide or GWS? Giants. Giants are contending for finals again this year and they've lost one against a team probably in the same bracket as them, whereas Adelaide's, you know, it was sad to lose at home by a point. You missed out, but they're not pushing for finals this year, so won't hurt mm. them too much in long, long scheme of things. Nicholas? Yeah, I'd probably have to say Giants as well. I was probably expecting them more to win than the Crows. Uh, yeah, and against, you know, it's a, it's a derby or whatever you want to call it as well against your arch rivals. So, yeah, I think the Giants probably hurts. Yeah, fair enough. I tipped Adelaide, so I'm going to say Adelaide. Bloody hell. Nearly got that one. Just that last kick. Just thump it through, for God's sake. Oh, is that, that why, is that why you didn't have uh, Chapman as your hero this week? 100%, mate. 100%. I was shattered about that. The Crows thought it was a good pick. They just bloody let him let him into the game, and then they started to come back, and I go, yes, I'm going to get this tip back. That's fine. And I think that's a golden opportunity to win in front of the home fans and start well. It's going to be hurting. GWS, you can expect, I mean, it was tough. They played each other in the finals last year, so it was like a 50-50-ish kind of, you know, mm. it's going to be a tough game either way. Anyway, hey, it was a good start, boys. Good review. I thought good it was fantastic. Be we'll be back at the end of the week to preview everything, won't we? Will we? All right. Guys, hashtag footy life. Get involved. You can email me. Get in contact with these boys, whatever you want. We always enjoy your company, and uh, we'll speak to you next time. Go to the Tigers. <laughs>